Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Welcome in to Loretta McNary Live presents Tuesdays with Michael Farmer, our spiritual personal coach. And I'm telling you, I'm so excited. Michael and I were kind of chit-chatting prior to the start of the show. So we just welcome everybody in. We thank you again so much for all your support, your love, your prayers. Through the week, we thank you guys for telling your friends and families about us. And we are so excited about today's show and what God is just doing in general. I can definitely sense his movement more so in my own life um, than ever before. And it's not so much that I mean, he has a positive blessing. Well, he does have a positive blessings on, but it's not like we think of blessings. So I've he's been dealing with me on what blessings really look like. And we think of blessings like when we get answer prayers or like Christmas presents on the Christmas tree. But blessings are every day and they're every minute. Life itself is a blessing. Being able to talk is a blessing. Being able to see is a blessing. You know, of course, these are things that we expect. But well, we never wake up and say, once I can see today. But that is a blessing, you know. So anyway, I want to bring on our spiritual coach. I just want to add that you are blessed. You are blessed beyond measure. So just know that. Everybody welcome my guy and yours, Michael Farmer. Well, good morning, Loretta and Blog Talk Radio Land. It is definitely, <laughs> a, as you say, a blessing to be back, a blessing that I can breathe and live and have my boots. Yeah. <laughs> So I can be back in the saddle to just give you what I believe my God and my Father and the Creator of the universe has given me. So it is truly a blessing, and our government may be shut down, but the kingdom of God is always open, and the blessings are always open. never short. shut down. Man <laughs> cannot say or do anything to cause the kingdom of God or his righteousness to be shut down in our lives. And that right right there, my friend, is some good news. (laughs) Yes, it is. Yeah, my God is on the inside of you. Yeah, he is on the inside. He's wherever you go, you take him with you. Unlike your, um, what is that, MasterCard or American Express, never leave home without him. I mean, there's no way you can leave home without him because he dwells in you. You know, he is there. The Holy Spirit is there. So you don't have to worry about, did I leave him home? Because, no, you didn't. You didn't. All right, Michael, it's been an amazing week um, since our last conversation. And I'm telling you, there has, and people say, it just seems like you hear more negative stuff now. No, that's not it. You just probably know more people, so you're in their lives more. You're hearing the things that people are going through because, you know, with, social media and especially Facebook, we are, um, we know more people, so you hear more stuff, so you hear more um, things that, go, that are going on, you know, people say, well, I hear more people dying from cancer, but no, it's people have always died from cancer. We've just enlarged our territories with this social media thing, so I'm so glad yes. that we're talking about righteousness and um, you gave us three R, well, you gave us three things to um Think about, and you normally use the same letter, so I'm trying to find my notes. But you go ahead, Michael, and just do you, do your thing, and I'm going to well, start really. taking notes. Well, of course, this this series we're doing a series right now, and it's called Back to the Basics: The Three R's, which mean righteousness, refining or refinement, whichever one you want to use, and representation, and and of course, all of these things deal with us as Christian believers, righteousness being that that state of right standing with our Father, of course, refining me, you know, purging those things out, out of you that would keep you out of, out of his constant presence and his constant will. And also representation we're going to talk about when we close this out is us being ambassadors for the kingdom while we're here in the world. So that's what the representation deals with. So I am... As I like to say, chomping at the bits to get into it. We had such a dynamic time last week, man. I chewed on that thing, Loretta, at least a few days. That was, that was really good talking about the righteous 
And then and then Loretta, for y'all who are there listening, you need, to, you need to go to the archives and listen. Loretta buried her soul on radio. <laughs> so the whole world I did. I was brother. dealing with some stuff, you know, I, and I've been dealing with that stuff, and I heard other people and talking about getting a revelation and a right now word, a rainbow word. Yeah. It was huge for me. You know, we talked about melancholy and how it, it, it starts and ends with um, the word holy and only four oh, words yeah. in the dictionary ends with the word holy. And so that was so profound. And Michael kind of walked me through, gave me a free discipleship international session. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I mean, and he just flowed um, within his spirit and, and helped me. And so I'm so changed. And, and I promise you, Michael, things that um, if things that have been happening these last few days that have happened um, last week or before, I would have kind of crashed and burned like I normally do. I have my little time, so I don't want people around when I'm going through things. And not that it was anything major. It wasn't anything life-threatening. It was just that, you know, Loretta is a spoiled child, <laughs> God's spoiled child. And so when things don't happen like I want to or it's delayed or, you know, it's told, I'm told no, I just don't handle it well. So now I I am handling things so better because I know um, when you tell me about righteousness, that because of Jesus we are righteous and we have righteousness, that really helped. And you told us about having a sin conscious and a righteousness consciousness. Woo, yes. It changed my life. Well, that is good. It is that's that's the purpose of this radio show. That's the purpose of the Discipleship International, and of course, that's the purpose of the the Holy Spirit, you know, abiding within us, so we can uh, the comfort that He gives you, especially you use that same comfort to comfort others, and and that's going to be part of what we're going to talk about today. But today we're going to uh, talk about the the second R in this series, which deals with refinement. Another topic that we you hear very little about, but it's, it's something that Jesus expects from us to be refined. Uh, and, and, and refining is simply the, the process of taking a natural resource and extracting the good out of it. Uh, the Bible calls, tells us that we, are, that we are earthen vessels that have treasures on the inside of us. And in order for those treasures to be materialized and be a blessing to yourself and also a blessing to those around you, then it's a refining process to get that out of you. Uh, of course, God's method of of growth in the kingdom is we just simply hear his word and act on it, but since some, some of us are so uh, stubborn and prideful and hard-headed and whatever word you want to put on it, Sometimes he uses, or, or he, I ain't going to say he puts it there, but he can use tribulation or pressure or whatever you, synonym you want to put with that to bring these things out of you. And I think uh, I think Loretta was refined on last week. She, she realized that there was some holiness way down on the, in the depths of her that needed to come to the surface. And he used melancholy to draw it out of him. I said, man, look at that. I said, look how God works. I said, look how God works. I know God it. God your mind every time. That's why he said, that's why the writer t- told us that he uses the foolish things of the word to confound the wise or confound our wisdom. Sometimes we think have things figured out on and on about natural wisdom, what we learn in school or what we learn at home or learn in the streets or learn in college and God will use something totally different to just throw all that out of the window say, and just use one word to blow you away. And it's free. <laughs> that's yeah. a, that's a good part about it. It's free. And the good part about it is free. It is Go free ahead, and it is available. Yes, it is. But but, but you, you have to be willing for God to use those things in your life. And like that, who who would have thought? I mean, who would have thought that God would have used the word melancholy in one of his children's lives to get them to realize that when it's all said and done, they got to be holy. <laughs> it is in holiness. Yeah, no matter what yes, you're going does. through. Woo. You know, and the Bible talks about, you know, it, it's all for your good. And so that that just, oh, my goodness, they just bought everything home for me. Everything that happens is all for we're going to be blessed by it. 
And you and I have both experienced something I wish no parents ever experienced, and that's a child going on before us and having to bury our own babies. Um, although, you yeah. know, they weren't baby babies, but to us, they're our babies. And that ended up, we're still here, and we still love God, and we're not holding anything against anybody for, you know, having gone through that. And yes. yes, it's painful. Yeah, but look, we're still here, and God has truly given us beauty for the ashes. You know, he's given us um, purpose out of the pain. I mean, he's given us a, a you know, triumph in our testimony. We can just go on with those little cliches, but I, I just get it. I get it now. And the more I yes. talk to you, Michael, and we have this conversation, I get it more. So I can only imagine how it's affecting and affecting our listeners. Man, this is yes. good stuff. That is true. Well, let's 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 get into. Of course, you know we always start with the foundation scripture. Uh, last week it was Hebrews chapter one, and we kind of went from verse one all the way down to around what eleven, twelve, somewhere in there. Noah uh, for the righteousness part of it. Today we're going to deal with the refining part of it. You know, you have to be refined. And we have we have two scriptures. One is found in Malachi uh, chapter three, and it's starting in verse. Uh, two. Let's start at verse okay. one. You know me, I don't like to start in the middle of a thought. I think it's. <laughs> All right, Malachi, and of course, you know I have it in the NIV, and I'm sure you're doing your King James Version. Yeah, I'm Which doing King James. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I'm still, uh, I'm still in old school mode. <laughs> okay. okay, and now this is Malachi, who is, of course, prophesying about. Uh, the coming of Jesus and what he needs to do. And the occasion of this writing is that, of course, the the uh, uh, the Jews have now come out of captivity and 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 have gone back into and started to inhabit Jerusalem and all and those old places where they were before they went into this. You know, these seven hundred years of no, not seven hundred years, uh, seven years of captivity. I'm sorry, and they're back. And the priesthood has become so corrupt that it's also corrupting the people. So he's sending Malachi as a prophet to pretty much get them back on course. And this is one of the things that Malachi is writing to them. And it says, Behold, I will send my messenger. And it's, re- it's, and it's referring to Jesus. This is he's prophesying about the coming of Jesus. And he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple even the messenger of the covenant whom you delight in, behold, he shall come, said the Lord of hosts. But who may abide the day of his coming, and who shall stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. Verse 3, and he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he shall purify the sons of Levi, and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. And of course, he's talking about Jesus. He's going to come, and he's going to he's going to purify the priest, the, the priesthood. Of course, the Bible says that we are kings and we are priests. And he's going to send an element to to, to purify. And that's what the uh, the uh, the sons of the uh, sons of Levi, of course, deals with the priesthood. And he mm-hmm. said he's going to purge them the same way you purge gold and silver. And the reason he wants them to be like that, because he wants them to offer an offering to our Lord in righteousness, pure and simple. And we talked about that on last week, and we have time to go back, so make sure you go to the archives and listen to that. The second verse is found in Matthew chapter 3. It's one chapter over, no, two chapters, and then one book over, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Matthew chapter 3 And we're going to show you the okay. fire that he's going to We're going to show you the fire that he's going to use to purify us Matthew chapter 3 Look at verse 11 Alright And of course he's making reference to To John the Baptist and he said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with 
fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he shall thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner or into the or into the barn, and he will but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And of course, we know in the in the in the threshing process, it's talking about that when they threshed out wheat, they would go in there and they would grind that wheat out, they would beat it out, and they would get a fan. And they were fanning, and the husk, the wind would blow away. And then what was left on the ground should have been the floor. It should have been the wheat, the grain of the wheat mm-hmm. landed on the floor. That's what it's making reference to Jesus fully purging his floor. I mean, he's getting all the chaff out of the wheat, the part that's needed. And then and, and that talks about separation, separating the sheep from the goat, mm-hmm. separating the chaff. Separating the chaff from the wheat. And then there's a couple of references that make a reference to David. And one way they would get rid of the chaff is they would burn it. They would burn that chaff of that wheat. And, of course, they would use the wheat to make bread and and and, and use that uh, grain of wheat to make bread and all those and all the other things they do. They would, you could also eat the wheat as well. So Jesus is the element that's going to give us the fire. So Jesus is the one that's going to give us the element of fire. To purge us, and and it is His greatest desire that the Holy Spirit and His Word does all that work in us. But of course, as we we are we're humans living in these special bodies, sometimes our natural response is always going to be fleshly. So He has other elements to get that done as well, and one element that He uses is tribulation, and that's why so many people think that. You know, how when times get bad, I I really draw close to God. I feel his closeness, and when I feel like I'm under pressure or when there's trouble on every side, as they say, you feel this closeness to God that you never felt before. Well, it, it's not that he's, using, not he's putting tribulation on you to bring you closeness. It's just an element that he knows that you respond to. But he wants us to respond to his words, and he wants us to respond by way of his Holy Spirit, which he has given unto us. Uh-huh. With that said, go to, uh, I think we dealt with this once before. Uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 3. And Romans Matthew, 5. Romans no, 5, Romans. okay. Romans. Okay, let me get there. For some reason, as I hear the word Romans, I think of Roman meal bread when I was born. <laughs> oh, Lord, I think of a soldier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, Romans no. 5. And let's find a good starting place here. And and, and, and we also talked about this once before, so I don't want to, as they say, beat a dead horse. But we know the word of God is always alive, so there's nothing dead about it. Look at verse 1. It says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Look at verse 3. And not only so, but we also glory in tribulations also. So now, why in the world? Well, we glory <laughs> in tribulation. <laughs> I know you all the answers, that question. but I, I don't have to make up the answer. It's right there. It's in knowing that tribulation worketh or produces patience. And patience worketh experience, and experience worketh hope, and hope make it not a shame, or hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So as we see, there's a, there's a, there's a process, and that's what that refining is all about. Yeah, let me share how they, they word it in the NIV, if you don't mind, because this, okay, is, this is really brought it home for me. Okay, this is um, 5, verse 3. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know yes. that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, yes. character, and character, hope. And 
hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Woo! And, you know, you hear that saying that says God is more concerned, and we've shared it on here, God is more concerned with our character than our comfort. He's not concerned yes, with our yes, comfort. Yes. He's more concerned with our character because character, yes, you know, produces hope. And, and and you got to look, there's something that starts that entire process, and the thing that starts that process is what? Tribulation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And tribulation just simply means, let me, let me give you a good workable definition, it means pressure. And that could be literally or figuratively. I mean, it just means pressure. So, so whatever, whenever you feel under pressure, you know, to get something done or you just you feel this this weight on you, then that's that's tribulation that and he's using that to to produce something to squeeze that good out of you that needs to come to the surface that you can benefit from and not just you only but also those around you. So it it, it, it means to be pressed like as as if you heard as you heard the songwriter say years ago you know, feel like you're being pressed on every side. Feel like you're being oppressed. Feel like you're being distressed. But he he never wants you to enter into a state of depression because of pressure. When when this pressure comes, it's not a, it's not an it's not an impetus for you to go into depression. It's an impetus for you to go to, to press into God for answers. And like I said, sometimes mm-hmm. we can get so busy in our lives that he's been he's been trying to get your attention all week, all month, all year, all decade. I don't think I'm going to part part of a decade, but he's been trying to get your attention just with the Holy Spirit just nudging you. And at some point, he, he the, the Spirit is going to stop striving with you trying to get your attention. He just allows the pressures of life, as we say, to do the refining. But the Holy Spirit is the ordained element that God has given to refine us. But like that we being who we are, he said we also can glory. For this is Paul talking. He said Paul is saying that we can glory in our tribulation because the tribulation is going to get you to the point where you really realize that God's love has already been shared abroad in you when he gave you his Holy Spirit. So so that's mm. what the process of refining you is all about. That pressure is there to bring something out of you, just like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. If you look at the word Gethsemane, it means the place of the press. It's a place where they, where they, where they press the olives and got the oil out of it. It was an olive grove, really what it was. But the word Gethsemane means the place of the press. And it was so befitting that he went through his agony and his pressure in that garden. And guess what came out of him during that time? We came out of him. The body of Christ came out of him because he eventually said, because he, he eventually said, well, Father, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And then he went through all that suffering, all those stripes on his back, all it been spit in his face and all been put a bag put over his head and people hitting him with their fists. He went through all of that so he can bring, so he went through all that pressure and the suffering of that cross to bring forth the body of Christ. Oh, and, you know, I've, I've often heard, and I was trying to find a story that um, I'd often heard how they compare the refining of gold and silver to uh, God refining us. And one thing that stood okay. out in the story was that the refiner, when he's refining gold and silver, the fire guy, he has to sit so close to the fire that he actually has to wear he protective does. gear because he could, he's, he's getting the heat as well. So that's God, when, when God is right there with us, so he's seeing and he's hurting when we're hurting, but he knows that once we go through that process, we're going to come out as um, fine, like, you know, gold to help people understand it. So I have found this little, um, I just want to share and then I want us to talk about because I really want people to understand that 
is not a punishment. We think that when we go through stuff or when stuff doesn't go our way, and if, and I used to think this too, and that it was just punishment. We must have done something wrong. But if you just listen to this, okay, so it goes, some time ago a few ladies met in a certain city to read the scriptures and make them the subject of conversation. While reading the third chapter of Malachi, they came upon a remarkable expression in the third verse which Michael has already shared. This is so cool, Michael. Oh, my goodness. And he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. One lady's opinion was that it was intended to convey the view of the sanctifying influence of the grace of Christ. Then she proposed to visit a silversmith and report to them what he said on the subject. So she went accordingly and without telling the object of her errand, begging to know the process of refining silver, which he fully described to her. But first, she said, do you sit while the work of refining is going on? Oh, yes, madam, replied the silversmith. I must sit with my eyes steadily fixed on the furnace, for if the time necessary for refining be exceeded in the slightest degree, the silver will be injured. The lady at once saw the beauty and comfort, too, of the expression. He shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. Christ sees it needful to put his children into a furnace. His eye is steadily intent on the work of purifying, and his wisdom and love are both engaged in the best manner for them. Their trials do not come at random. The very hairs of your head are all numbered. As the lady was leaving the shop, the silversmith called her back and said he had forgotten to mention that the only way that he knows when the process of purifying is complete is when he sees his own image reflected in the silver. Woo, that gives me goosebumps right there. That's right. All the all the impurities have. All the impurities have. And and one part of the refining process, in the refining process, all the draws or all the impurities of that silver are constantly coming to the top and he's sloughing it off on the top. Mm. So he's like so, so he's in so that's what that's what God uses. He like that he uses that tribulation to get these things to the surface to get rid of them, not not to use it, not not just expose them, but he exposes them in you to get rid of them. Yeah. So so think about that. And so think about all the so so all the impurities like I said, if if he's going to purify you, that means there's some impurities in you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, Amen. So, so it's, it's, it's implied, you know. I I can't sit down to purify something unless there are impurities in it. Mm. But but as I said, the preferred method is that the Holy Spirit does that purging. He does that cleansing. He's the one that lets you know that there are some things in your heart that need to come to the surface so you can get rid of them. But like the we being the humans we are, sometimes we don't and and and, and I've heard somebody say this before, that experience is the best teacher. Mm-hmm. No, experience is the most experience is the most convenient teacher, but the Holy Spirit is the best teacher. Mm-hmm. We just allow experience as 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 we saw in that sequence Tribulation, working patience and patience, experience and experience, hope. And and hope does not put us to shame or it does not disappoint us. Because he's already shared, he's already, as you said in, in your version, the NIV, he's already poured out. Mm-hmm. You know, to get the Holy Ghost into our hearts. So, so. So that's his preferred method, and that's what I want you to always remember, that God has an intent for everything. Yeah, and, you know, another thing that this reminds me, you know, because I'm one of God's, I've been one of his hard-headed children, and God has dealt with me on pride and all that good stuff. So he knows he, he knows my breaking point, not to the point where I just I die, but he knows how to get me so broken like that melancholy thing. He knows how to get, he deals with us so differently. He knows the number of hairs on our head. So he knows what it takes to get Michael to do, you know, to that next level and to be ready. It may not be the same for me. He probably doesn't have to put, you know, as I say, put his foot on my neck to get me to say, okay, give, 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 oh, uncle, like that for you. But what he does for you won't work for me because we're all individual children. 
and we're uniquely made. That means there's no two of us alike. So he handles us. He felt the loving great father that he knows how to handle Michael. He knows how to handle Loretta. And he doesn't put things that he knows would cause Michael to um, get to some place that he doesn't want to go. You know what I mean? He doesn't. He knows us so well that he knows how much that we can bear, as the song says. But I just want people to understand that when Michael said about the shuffling off of the, the the dust or whatever from silver and gold, the impurities, He, if we're going to look like him and be like him, then there are some stuff that's in us that he has to remove, and that's what the refining oh, yeah. is all about. Exactly. Now, now with, with that saying, Loretta, go to, I just found, a, here's a good scripture that will go with what we're talking about right here. Uh, it is found one of the prophets here, I think. Oh, there it is. Uh, Isaiah 48 and 10. So let me get over there right quick. Because we, we, we were talking about being refined, and in, and in order for you to be refined, some fire has to be applied. Uh, his method of fire is, of course, is the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Or you can use the fire of tribulation. It's whichever <laughs> one, whichever, whichever route you choose to go, it is true with him. Just as long as, just as long as the method is good. So there, yeah, he cares about results. That's what I was trying to get. The results are the same, but the way he gets exactly. there is different for each child of his. So. And, yeah. and then remember, you, God has a good and acceptable and a perfect will. His perfect will is that we abide by his word uh-huh. and the Holy Spirit. That, that's his perfect will. But he said, well, you know, it, it's acceptable that they just, you know, if they think pressure is what is the thing, that the method used to develop them, then that's what I'm going to use. What did I tell you? Isaiah what? Isaiah. Wow, i got to get over there. Uh-oh. Isaiah 48 and 10, everybody. Have you made it there yet? I am there. You know, I got the NIV. Okay, start reading for me. See, do you want me to go back one or you want me to start at 10? <laughs> <laughs> but 10 says, see, I have refined you. Though not as silver, I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. There it is. That's That's it. He says he has tried you as silver. Now, 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 this is Old Testament. Now, now this is the Old Testament version that he's talking about the, the children of Israel. This is not really applying to us, but I want to show you the method that he used to, to, to bring the children of Israel to the point where he, he needed them to be. And that was through what, Loretta? Tell them again. Affliction. Affliction. Mm-hmm. He said, I would desire to refine you as as I do silver. That you just using you using the fire and the impurity and the purity of my word to change or allow this or allow the dross in your life to come to the top so I can fluff it off <laughs> and throw it away so it's not there anymore. <laughs> but but we just respond so readily to affliction, Loretta. Like people tell you, you know, God, God, God had to put me on my deathbed to get my attention. No, He didn't put you there. He just, you, you just recognize where you were when you got there, and you recognize what your true help was when you got there on your deathbed. He's been trying to get your attention all the time, or, or, or God allowed me to be put in jail so I can slow down, so I can hear Him. Oh, you, you didn't have to go to jail. To do that, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's what it took for you, and that's why I said that's why you know certain things. God knows, I I got to break this girl it. down. You know, <laughs> you use it. Okay, I use it. I use it. I'm not the source of it, but I use it. Why? Because mm-hmm. everything belongs to him anyway. He can he can use it. So the next one I want you to see this, and let's let's look at another one. We're talking about the the process of refining. Go to uh, Zechariah 13 and 9, and this is dealing with the remnant that he's preserving from because even though hundreds of thousands went into captivity, God had to, had to uh, 
keep a remnant going. A lot of people died off within that 70 years, but he kept a remnant going, and that remnant is the one that allowed his word and, and, and his traditions to continue. If not, just feel the kill off everybody, then we would not be where we are today. Mm-hmm. And he always, so, in his word, is talking about a remnant. He always, oh, yes. you know, when you read, the, especially the Old Testament, he talks about leaving a remnant. Remnant. So Zechariah is the, the book right before Malachi, if you want to find how to get there. So Zechariah 13, and come on, why do you keep want to keep coming up on my screen? Okay, here we go. Well, look at verse 8, and it says, and this is Zechariah prophesying against the children of Israel. He said, and it shall come to pass that in all the land, saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off and die, but the third shall be left therein. And, of course, it's making reference to the remnant that God's going to leave there in captivity. He said, I will bring the third part through the fire, and I will refine them as silver is refined. And I will try them or test them or prove them as gold is tried or proven or tested. They shall call on my name, and I will hear them. You see how we do it? While you being tried, you call on his name, and he hears you. You think, <laughs> you think that's the best way that he can hear you? No, no, you call on his name now. <laughs> and he said, I will say it is my people, and they shall say the Lord is my God. So, so it's your choice to either be under his grace or under his law. It doesn't matter. He will, he will respond to either one. But his preferred method is that you respond to the grace that he is giving you through the blood of his son. And his son has given us the gift of his Holy Spirit that abides on the inside of you today. That's what he wants for you. That's, that's the best life that God wants for you right now. And and, and I know it may seem far-fetched to a lot of people, but that's where he needs us. That's where we, we need to be unified in thought life like this. This is where God needs us as a people. Because remember, we are the people that are making up the bride that the groom is coming back for. And and we want to be beautifully adorned. We don't want to have a dress. We don't have. We want to be adorned beautifully. That's what the Bible talks about. That, that we should be adorned in holiness. Yeah. That we should put Ooh, on the beauty. We should put on the beauty. The word beauty means adornment. We should be adorned in holiness. We should worship the Lord in the beauty or the adornment of holiness. Mm-hmm. And, and and when he sees that that bride is fully prepared, she's standing there at the altar waiting, garment without spot or blemish, boom, with, with all the witnesses there to witness the wedding feast of the land, then he's coming back from the church. Until then, he's just sitting there at the right hand of the Father, killing, just waiting to... Our enemies be made our footstool. So, so whenever the thing that's holding you back from your progression, he's waiting for that to be made your footstool. So, so the ball is in our court. So, he's how do you make it your footstool? How do you how do you make it if you don't really know? Well, I'm gonna tell you what a footstool was. Well, a uh, uh, a footstool for the king was the thing. It was it was a. Uh, it was a box that he would put his rest his foot upon, and on that box were were the were the pictures of all the kings and kingdoms that he had defeated. Hmm. And it's almost like we saying that we got notches on our belt, or we got notches on this pole, showing how many people we've conquered. Well, that's that's what the footstool represented for that king. It was it was, a, it was always a, a reminder of him that he had subdued. His enemies. He had to do the other kingdoms that came out against him. Mm-hmm. So that's what God is looking for the church to do. He's looking for those enemies. And an enemy is somebody that's holding you back from the purpose that God ordained for you. It's stopping your progression in him. He's looking for that thing to become your footstool. Mm-hmm. He's looking for you to look down and say, wow, you know, you know something? I want yeah. to, he, wants to see, he, he, he wants to see substance abuse on that 
on that footstool. He wants to see fornication on that footstool. He wants to see all the works of the flesh on that footstool. And until then, he can't come. Because he's already, see, death is the major enemy. He's already conquered death. That's already done. We don't have to conquer death. He did that for us. So we all we have to conquer pretty much is the works of the flesh. And cause if you work in if you conquer the works of the flesh, it means that you operate now in the fruits of the spirit. Oh yeah. Yeah. So 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 these are the things that God has defined or not defined but ordained for us to be refined. He he wants that impurity to come to the top. He wants you to come forth as pure gold and pure silver. Let's look at another one, Loretta. There's another I want to show you concerning the word part of it. Uh, found over in one of the... Oh, there it is. Psalms 12 and 6. Oh, man, this is... This Psalms is 12 and 6. All right, now. And I want you to read that in the uh, in the NIV when you get there. Okay, Psalms 12 and 6. Can't wait to get there. Okay, let's see what we have. Psalms. Well, you sure I don't want you to do five. Let's do six. <laughs> You know, Mike, you like to read it ahead, so I'm doing 12, 6 in the NIV version, everybody, that is keeping up with this, and hopefully you're writing this down. And it says, Psalm 12, and yeah, this is just throwing and free, there's no S on Psalms, the S is before the, is after the P, but I know when I was growing up, I used to think it was Psalms. Anyway, verse uh, chapter 12, verse 6, and the words of the Lord are flawless, like silver purified in a crucible, like gold refined seven times. Wow. So, so like I said, the, the word is the thing that God has ordained. It's, it's so pure. It's, it, you got to think, if you receive something that's pure, guess what? It's going to make you pure. Mhm. He said. He said. The, he said the word of the Lord has been defined, and 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 I would love for people to see how they this silver smith would refine this gold. It is, it is, it is, it is so wonderful how he would. If you would see him, like I said, he's seated there and he's bent over this bowl. And when you think of a furnace, we think of the furnace in the house. No, this furnace is a little small bowl that he sets in front of him. He's made a fire. It or not not under that bowl, but inside that bowl. Mm. And 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 he's blowing on this fire. He's blowing on this Ooh. fire, and 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 the fire. You got to think wind, air is what the amount of air you put into a fire that's just to ter- determines the temperature of that fire. So he's constantly blowing <laughs> to this thing, and you got to think the Holy Spirit represents wind, and what the word spirit means wind. Yeah. So God is constantly. God is constantly blowing his Holy Spirit on us. He turns that fire up. And Jesus, he said, he's already baptized you with the fire. So in order for him to keep burning that stuff up, he, he had to use that tribulation that so many of us respond to. When he really wants us to respond to his word. And, and then, look, I'm the same way. Sometimes I don't respond to his word the first time like I was used to, and then guess what? I'm up giving we up. Woo, that's a, that's a testimony. Then, now, now, just see which one sounds better. Now, just, now, just see which one sounds better. You know something? I, I obey God's word, and God did. He, he, gave, he allowed this to happen to me, and I got this, and I got this. And people like, oh, you just think you all that in a bag of chips. <laughs> <laughs> and then you step into a testimony. Yeah, you know something, God, you know, I, God, I went into jail and I spent two years in jail and I came out of jail and 
God did this for me. He elevated me to the position and just, as they say, just tore the place up <laughs> with the testimony. <laughs> and, see, and, 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 and we think that's the, that's the better testimony, affliction and trouble that God used to refine us. Nobody wants to hear about how the word refined you, but everybody loves to hear the story about how affliction and trouble refined you. Uh, and again, you know, we, we kind of talked about that, and that's because that's the <laughs> expectation. But when you know who you are, you know, that's yeah. not, you know, that doesn't necessarily have to be the norm. Because like you said, God can use any moment, anything, any circumstance, yeah. any day, any minute, any hour um, to get his message across to you. But for some reason, because we can relate so much better to pain than we can to um, yeah. the righteousness and the benefits of being, you know, God's child, because that's what we yeah. were taught. It was, It's just been taught and passed on, you know, not, I won't say bad or wrong teaching. People taught what they knew and what they got and what was taught exactly. to them, but that's why you they have to it. keep studying this word. Yes, you do. And not just studying this word, but making sure you, like I said, start conditioning your mind to respond. You know, make sure you respond to his Holy Spirit. Because you got to think, the Holy Spirit is not just there just to give you goosebumps and and make you speak in tongues. No, he's he's there to guide you into every truth in every area of your life. Uh Let's look at one more that deals with uh, the word God ordained to purify us. Look at... uh, Proverbs 30, verse 5. Proverbs, I love those Proverbs. Proverbs. So I just want to show, we we talked about the the tribulation and the trouble, but I also want to show you that the word, his word, he's given us his word to purify us as well. And like whichever element you respond to, it's cool with God. As long as you respond. <laughs> as long as you yeah, respond. like we said, the result is what he looked for, not the method. And I and, and I'm gonna show you why I say it that in, in a minute. Proverbs thirty five. well let me read from the King James. I want you to read from the NIV because the NIV is is a, it's a very good English uh translation. You gonna read this Proverbs 30 and 5 says, every uh-huh. word of God is, is pure. What did you say, Loretta? I was just making sure you were going to read yours first, yeah. Yes, yes. It says, every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. So there it goes again. It says, every word, every word of God is pure. And it says, he is a shield until uh, until them that put their trust in him, and and his word is pure because his word has been tr- it's been proven over and over and over again to be true. That's that's what makes the word pure. That's why we trust mm-hmm. God because He's proven Himself to be true. Now we read that from the NIV. Let's see what the, what it says there. It says, "Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in Him." And now he's a shield unto them that do what? Take refuge mm-hmm. in him. So mm-hmm. if you, so so if so if you say you're taking refuge in God, that means that you that you are that you are enveloping yourself in his word because you trust him. You're you're right. receiving his you're receiving his word. Now let's let's stick around. Let's hang in the old testament for a few more minutes. Go to Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse two. Deuteronomy. Yeah, Deuteronomy, the fifth book of the Bible, last book of the Pentateuch. You said Deuteronomy 8? Yes, eight. Okay. 8? Okay. What's the verse? 8 and 8? Uh, no, 8 and we're going to start at verse 1. What? And it says, okay. and it says, all the commandments, this is Moses' Talking into talking to the children of Israel before they're about to go into the into the land of promise that God promised them, and He says, "All the commandments which I command thee this day, you shall observe to do, 
that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God layeth thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee, to prove thee. That's the same word that, that you use for refining, and to prove thee. Mm-hmm. To know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no or not. So God led them in the in the wilderness forty years to to prove them or to test them. And he did that to show them what was in their heart. And he was showing them that you that you all just will not keep my commandments. It it took them forty years. That's an entire generation. It took them 40 years to decide whether they was going to obey God's word or not. Uh, uh, and look at verse 3. And said, and, and he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna of which thou knowest not. Neither did thy fathers know that he might make thee know that man does not live by bread only, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, doth man live. So he's he's going back and, re- and reminding them that, you no know, God led you in the wilderness 40 years to prove you and to show you whether you would keep his commandments or not. He already knew whether it was so, so. So God doesn't test us or prove us. And remember, God never tempt or test man with evil, so don't, so if you think it's something evil, he, he doesn't he doesn't tempt or test you with evil things. Mm. He doesn't tempt you with evil. He's not gonna as they say, God just God allowed me to be around all these pretty women to see if I can hold up or not. No, he ain't gonna he ain't gonna tempt you like he ain't gonna tempt you like that. <laughs> no, that that's something you're not just to do. To prove to yourself whether you the word of God exactly. is in your heart or you can resist temptation or not. Exactly. So, mm. and you got to think, and you got to think, that's making reference to the to the children of Israel. But they said a journey that should have took 12 days by foot took 40 years. 40. 40 years. 40 years. years. So, and the next well, as, I say, as I said before, uh-huh. It, it, it's up to you how you want to do this. God is not bound by time. God is so beyond the realm of time. Time is not a factor with God. <laughs> and, that, and, and that's something that that's something that we are, that we always talk about on this show. Time is not a factor with God. So He said you can do this in in twelve days of your time, or you can do it in forty years of your time. I don't care how long it takes, as long as you obey my word. And still, see, the beauty of it is, and that's what I think about when I think of our, or we are pursuing purpose and we are doing what we're supposed to do, and and how we get sidetracked sometimes, but God always provides. And like that next verse says, your clothes did not wear out and your feet did not swell during those 40 years. Know that in your heart that as man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. So, again, results. His end result is that we be like him. And then on our way there, that we, you know, we're righteous, and we we believe him, we have faith in him, we trust him. His word has been proved over and over again. And so yes, this life that we live, this journey, you know, God's God's will is gonna be done. So <laughs> might as well learn what it is and become the best you that you can become according to you know His power and faith that you have in Him. So I, that's why yes, I love these so. discussions because it's, so much is revealed. So much every time you study God's word, though, so much is revealed. But the neat thing, and I think what's unique about this show, is we teach you how to apply it, and we share how others have applied it, or in our own personal lives, and how God has really, um, you know, did what He said He was going to do. And then our growing thing, so you know, our trials and our errors. So that's that's what sets this um, show apart. And that is so true. So as 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 we talked about before, the, the the title of this series is righteousness, refining, and representation. Of course, we just about covered the refining on today, and we we showed you the purpose of refining, and 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 we want to be those vessels of honor and sanctification 
pray God, for God can show or demonstrate, and that's what we're going to talk about, that representation on next week, so he can demonstrate to the world who he really is. Because we have to show the world who our God really is. Mm-hmm. We have to show them. We have to show them that. And not only through, you know, when um, everything is going our way, do we show them who God is, but I think we show them best when things are, you know, when we're being refined, that's when our best comes through to other people because everybody's going to go through that process. Whether you're a believer or unbeliever, you said, you know, you, it's a refining process, whoever you are. You're going to go through some things to bring out um, your best, your hope, your character, your, you know, so... Again, that's what's unique about the show. It, it is God's word, and you know He it's 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 for everybody because He created us all. Whether you believe in Him or not, these things apply to you. And, and they that work. is so true. Well, that's, that is it. I got wild, of course. You know, I got to, in there, and I was. And you know, my intent was to come in here and just really deal with the tribulation side of it because I know that's what just <laughs> what. People are fine too, but he he really directed me to go another route and say no, we you know that's you know that's not my best. You know I can I can use it, but that's not my best. And we always talk about how we want God's best for us. Mm-hmm. Well, well, his best his best is his word, always has and always will be. He said he said everything in this earth will pass away. He said, but my word will always stand forever. So God wants us to respond to his word and not just not just to the things that we <laughs> that we receive. He don't want us to respond, you know, just just to his 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 mercy. No, he wants us to respond to his righteousness. He wants to respond to his word. He wants us to respond most of all, first and foremost, to His Holy Spirit, because He said, "I'm giving you a piece of me, a piece of me, my mind, to abide with you as the body of Christ. That can that can give you the truth in every situation, and you never have to look to the world for answers. And so we, so we, so you can see how how purpose has been somewhat diverted." But we but we're here to make sure that we get back on track, get back on that track, get back on that path that God has ordained for us. So we can get to it not in forty years, but we can get to it in the times where that he ordained for us to get to it. That's right. So any any you got any closing remarks, Lorella? I know we're about to. I just want to say wrap uh, we're, um, the word testing can also be interchangeable for the word um, that we were using when we were saying um, tribulations and going through things and being refined. The word that a lot of people like, attested, you know, you're, you're being, you know, and, and you can find scriptures. There's so many scriptures that you can read on your own. And we do hope that you will take this study up and, and go deeper yourself. Until we come back on next Tuesday when we switch over from refining, we'll give you an update and kind of just lead into what Michael talks about uh, representation. So, um, but just, you know, you can Google, you can use your concordance in, with your Bible and just find scriptures on testing and tribulation and refining. And I promise you, it, you will be enlightened. You will be so I enlightened. Guess you will. That <laughs> it, uh, it I mean, I mean there, is, there is a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. I'm, I'm no different than, and, 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 you know, I, I believe in doing word studies. I'm a major, you know, proponent of people doing word studies and going in and, yeah. and, and not just doing word studies, but making sure once you finish that word study that you, that you go back and you now, how to, you now know how to use that word in its context. Because in that word study, you show that the words have different meanings within different contexts. So now you know how... Yeah. What the word really means, and, and I'm a big teacher of making sure that you read God's within its proper context, and but you allow Him to give you the revelation from that context. Exactly. Don't just come up with, exactly. don't just come up with your own revelation from. <laughs> and, and and you know that's how we get so much heresy and and false teachers and all that stuff started. No. Stick with the context, and you allow God to give you the revelation if it's going to go outside of that context. 
So I oh, have well. it, it always thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I would I would be um, on this again on Friday night. I have to do a Friday night Bible study, and I will be teaching the same topic on that Friday night. But it's going to be it'll, it'll be live and in living cover, <laughs> living color. I'm right. It's going to come cool. out and and you should come out and get some fresh anointing because it's a different anointing when when it's in person because. You never know who's going to be in attendance, and uh, I'm a firm believer that, you know, God allows people to pull on your door. Absolutely. So we'll make sure we do that. I'm sure you'll keep us updated on social, through social media. As always, you can email michaelgloryapp at aol.com. You can email me at loretta at lorettamcnary.com and find us definitely on Facebook and Twitter. We are praying for your enlightenment, your enrichment, and your... Yes. Uh, more wisdom and more knowledge of who God is in your own in your personal way. Yes, we are. So that you can apply everything. It makes life better. Things that used to bother you and trip you out won't. They will not when you understand this word more. I promise you. I promise it works. Anyway, uh, we're so glad you tuned in today. And as always, think positive, dream big dreams, help someone along the way, and we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Bye-bye, everybody. Have a blessed one.